Dayton, the city of a thousand factories. It has long been an industrial linchpin of the Midwest. In a scant two decades past the turn of the century, the Gem City is roaring along with the rest of the 20s. It's a de decade of change. Women have the vote. Alcohol is banned. The Great War is over, and the decimation of the Spanish flu is coming to a close. And thanks to the gumption and invasion of two native Etonians, mankind has begun to conquer the sky itself. Gem City is a Vampire the Masquerade game using 5th edition Vampire the Masquerade rules. The setting and rights belong to Paradox Entertainment. This game is using NPCs and information from an upcoming book currently planned to be published the Darkback license on the Storyteller's Vault. Please bear in mind this is a mature game. The characters are monsters, not heroes. Lots, a whole lot of horrible ideas and dark and gruesome things came up in this could come up in this recording. Lands of Veils have been discussed with players beforehand, but different people with different tolerances, and we understand that. Listen at your own discretion. Now, then. It's been a night or two. A hot, muggy night. Mm. There's a pressure in the city that seems... building like a storm. And the papers are full of, well, violence. Little things. Man murdering his wife by bashing her head in with a street, with a brick from the street. Horses going wild, rampaging through a, a park. Putting three into the hospital. Speakeasies being raided left and what? Right, as alcohol loosens the tongue and the temper. Nobody's quite sure what it is, but everybody can feel it, and you yourselves are no strangers to it. And Helena, this is all too familiar to you. That feeling you felt twice before is there, and it's a growing itch. It's faint now, but getting closer. Something is stirring. And on top of that, you got three hoopleheads wanting you to do favors for them. It's been a few nights. And you've had ample time to recoup your blood. Regain your, regain your scattered faculties and charge up your willpower for what lies ahead. Lovely. The surge of violence has meant that feeding isn't a problem for any of you. So you're all down to one. Thank God for that, I was at five. Oh, Al made sure there was a nice thick clot of carafe waiting for you when you woke up. Mmm, tasty. <laughs> Having him around has actually made things easier. He's quiet, been quietly taking care of business, vanishing into the night. And how's he doing? Seems chipper, upbeat. You've caught him muttering a few times, like, at least I don't have to take care of that goddamn horse anymore. He's on the blood teat, he's happy. Though... He's on the Malkavian, um... Blood donation. 
Though there are a few times he seems despondent and he's just come asking you. Are we gonna try looking for Morgan? Is yeah, look. We'll, we'll get around to it. There's a lot. There's a lot on our plates at the moment. All Seems right. like everybody we ask favors for um, about Morgan seems to uh, come up short, or they're not interested, or they can't help us. So it's kind of on the back burner for now. Now, to be fair, the dandy was dealing with a shitstorm that kind of got dumped on his lap. So, and lives out of town. So, who's that leave? Us, pretty much. Bunch Ain't of that the fucking truth. Yeah. See, that's the thing about this city, says Al, steepling his fingers. Well, you've heard it. Uh, most kindred in here are pretty young, yeah? Yeah, it looks that way. Morgan was a big fish because he was old and mean. But he wasn't that old in the grand scheme of things. I've seen way older. He ran the fuck away from way older. So I don't know. Smaller pond here. You know your stuff. You survived drinking from uh, undead veins long enough. You kind of need to learn these stuff. Otherwise, well. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Nah. Just saying. And so, the lot of you wrap up your business and gather once more. Where do you gather? Tommy's place? Public space downtown? Somewhere else entirely? Mm, I think with all the violence going on and, and speakeasies being raided, Tommy would probably be less likely to suggest his place as a meet-up point. He would probably suggest they meet at the animal shelter. They've done that before, but that's up to Sam. Oh yeah, no, everyone's welcome to come by as long as they don't complain. That's so, of course, not long of after Sam... Will. <laughs> yeah, not long after Sam has awoken for the night, he... He is the sound of tires crunching on gravel, and then the horn beep 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 beep, beep to signal Tommy's arrival. Yeah, Sam just kind of like lands out the, the disheveled front door and says, "You're coming inside. We're not going with you. Shut the hell up." Yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know, but I, I got, I got Tim Lizzie back from the shop and all. I, I'm over the moon, you know. I just gotta, I just gotta honk that horn at every opportunity. We're all very happy for you. Please, for the love of God, come inside. Tommy kills the engine, parking the car up just off the view of the main road, and then heads inside to join Sam and the others. Lighting a cigarette as he goes, pulling out his lighter and... And he will, of course, rouse the blood... Oh, I assume we should all roll to see if we get hungrier as we awaken. Nope. This nope. night I'm going to yeah. be merciful. Yeah. Well, Tommy still has to make two rouse checks. Feeding has been good. 
Well, Tommy's going up to Hunger 2 anyway, because he failed one of his Rouse checks. It's getting harder and harder to flush colour into his system, but he really needs the calming effect of the cigar with everything going on. He knows that this could mean the death of him if he isn't fully in the game. So he's already blowing plumes of smoke out of his mouth when he steps into the animal shelter. In the back of your mind, Sergeant Bar Potter babbles aimlessly about how they just don't make them like they did in the ration packs anymore. That taste is horrible. You know what would taste good, soldier? You know what would taste good. But it's oh, I know, I know, but I'm trying to go cold turkey, you know. Now, Ted, you're a little late to the meet. It's not that it's a distance thing. The animal shelter ain't... The, the river, one of the rivers runs right by Dayton View, so it's not hard to get to. The animal shelter isn't that far inland. But you had a meeting first. Your new friend, Frankie, who's slowly been calming down the more he realizes that if you're a boogeyman, you're at least a merciful one. And he should, and he's g giving you the briefing for tonight. Well, I, I looked into that thing you sent me on. He says, feet dangling off the low bridge as he peers down at you. George, George Remus ain't in town yet. He's still down in Cincinnati. He's uh, actually working some things with the Capone group boys up in Chicago. Doing it remotely. Evidently there was some heat pulled on him uh, last time he was there. So he's kind of lying low. Making a big show of partying it up in Cincy. Hmm. All right, well, that'll change me plans a little, but not too much. Yeah, evidently the... Now, I've been talking with some of the guys around, he says. Hmm. And they think the only way he's going to show up here is if the Brown Bottle Gang drives out some of the competition or his boy or the gang starts hitting serious trouble. There's Patsy, see? Yeah, the one's doing all the hard work while he sits back and pulls the strings. Hey, so no no reason for him to come down himself then, eh? Not unless the Friends and Union label both had a serious setback, and he thought he could maybe seize control, or uh, not unless the Brown Battle Gang got spanked like a bit like an orphan after midnight. One of the two is what we figure. Hey, and have you been hearing any strange reports of these random acts of violence going on? Especially amongst the two groups. <sighs> I don't know what it is. thought it maybe somebody had spiked something in the whiskey, but it's just not just drinkers. It's, it's all over the place. Yeah. 
gotten so bad the local cops have started running the clan out of town. And I tell you, given how much pull those white cheaters have on the city council, that's pretty amazing. Once it started making headlines, the mayor suddenly remembered, oh, I had re-election coming up at some point. So, ain't too sorry to see them go. Uh, but no one's really got a clue. And I mean, it ain't just violence. Sometimes people are babbling and Weird tongues. They'll say something about walking the tanks and go and flip out. I don't know. Never seen anything like it. Hope it doesn't stick around. I could look into it more if you want, but I don't know if I turn anything up. This is weird stuff. Uh, don't, don't worry about that for now. I'm sure, I'll, I'm sure someone else will find something else about it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, maybe I should start going to church again. These yeah. crutches. Is there anything else you wanted me to look into? Uh, for the time being, just keep your ear out for what's going on between the friends and the union. Alright. I'll let you know if I hear anything. Thanks again, pal. Hey, thanks and for that. And with that sorted, you'll make your way to the rendezvous. Out into the out into the suburbs, out into where the houses grow thin and far apart. There's still plenty of green space. Plenty of wildlife. And seeing a familiar Model T parked outside and hearing booming voices from inside. Well, one booming voice. <laughs> um, as you enter, you'll notice that Sam is uh, clearly frustrated that Ted's late, but not frustrated enough to chew him out. It's just, you can read it. Clearly. That he's had to entertain Tommy for so long. Hey, Ted! Ted, just catch, uh, catch my uh, thin Lizzie outside. Uh, parked there. She just got back from the shop and ain't she looking fine. It's a fine looking car, yes. Ah, see, see, Sam, see, Ted understands. See, unbeknownst to Ted, Tommy's been just gushing about his car and the new upholstery on the seats and how the engine purrs like she's brand new and it's just been Boring Sam out of his mind. Al has excused himself to go tend the dogs. Sam knows he doesn't have any dogs. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Alright, so now that we're all here, let's get down to business. Uh, uh, where's, uh, where's Helena? Uh, I'm right here. Oh! Little does Tommy know that Helena's basically been invisible the moment she heard Tommy's voice from outside. I see. Functionally, functionally invisible. I see. Uh, okay. Well, uh, let's get down to business then. Uh, we got some things to work out. 
We got a lot of options to weigh up the uh, the, the the pros and the cans. You know, kind of like Genghis Khan, but a bit, you know, uh, less uh, with less horses and. Mm-hmm. I think but cans I is also any, kind uh... of sausage now poking his head in. <laughs> Sandbites he's talking about asking how the dogs are doing. Look, I, I don't know if you've had any more thoughts about this, but I'm still not keen at all about, you know, trying to stake anyone or kill anyone or start a war, really. Well, look, I'd like to avoid uh, having to kill someone for a change, you know, not that I've got any moral compunctions with killing, but... I'm trying to turn over a new leaf, and, you know, my sire would tell me, Tommy, Tommy, you gotta take what you want, and and then cast aside those in the way one on Sid's path. And, and so, you know, I, you know, I'm tired. I, I want to try and just be left alone, and I want to get this over and done with, with minimal risk to my head, you know? I, I'm finally free, I want to keep it that way. So I, have, I've been thinking, uh, maybe we can go and, uh, find Lib and convince her to come back into the fold, maybe. I mean, that's probably the most pragmatic idea, but we have some other things to consider as well. Sutton wants us on board for something. God knows it's going to be dirty work, and do we want to be playing our cards like that, just that announcing allegiances sudden. to? Yeah, that's kind of how I feel as well. But Look, I just I, don't I want just, to start making big statements. I just want, I just want nobody to get fucking hurt anymore, whatever that takes. Okay. Yeah, finding this seems to be the one that involves the least blood, least bloodshed. Yeah, there's something about how she was handling everything, just keeping everybody in check. All the plates spinning. I don't know how she did it, but it's the miracle this town needed for a while. Look, I've had Haymarket for all of a week now, and the place is turning into a cesspit of blood and violence, and speakeasies are being raided, and, you know, all the places I had staked out to expand my operation are either on fire or completely shut down or being watched by the cops and so I've come to realize that uh, you know Lib did things with a certain uh, finesse you know uh, he looks over at Helena a bit of a you know a woman's touch and uh, maybe finding her is the easiest way to Solve this thing. Get us out of out of the shit without putting anyone at un, any undue risk. Because I I think we've uh I think we've spilled enough blood. Yeah, it seems like the whole town is like begging for more bloodletting at the moment. I prefer to avoid it as well. It's like we're the only sane people at the moment. There's there's something in the air. Yeah, tell me about it. 
I felt it once before, says Al. But you, you know what this is? No. I got no fucking clue. Ah, Morgan could tell the story better than I could. Did I ever tell you guys what happened the other day at the bar? You in a bar? Sam shakes his head. Not that yeah, I recall. That's, that's the least startling thing about this experience. Uh, How come it wasn't one of mine? You know, I could have I would have shouted you free drinks, you know, at least. Uh. Yeah, anyway, so Numbers and I went out one night. Just, uh... Okay, so, uh, I... There was something in the air then, too, and it was pretty strong, and I was getting really distracted by it. I was gonna just go have a normal night to myself, but... Uh... I kind of ended up following a feeling. Uh, long story short, I ended up Meeting up with numbers, we didn't plan it. Uh, followed it further, ended up at a bar, and something's wrong with this place. There's this oppressive feeling. As soon as you go in, something's not right. And long story short, Everyone kind of went psycho on each other. What, so there's something about this specific bar that's... No, no, I don't think so. Or... No, because, uh... Uh, who, who... Sam, was it you who's around with me? No, was it Tommy when we... The, the clan rally. It was oh, yeah. Morgan. It was Morgan. Oh, sorry, Al. Uh, memory's not great. Uh, you mentioned something spooky-wooky go, going on, a, a thing in the sky, a, a something Same thing. Before. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, these are both places that you kind of expect people to be, you know, less than polite. But, uh, there's, uh, there's something going on, and I, I think something's making it happen. I, I really don't have a whole lot more, more than that. Uh, uh, uh red, a lot of red, and... It's a lot of red things in this town. Very red. Uh, very, very red town. There was... Yeah, sounds a lot like what happened back in the Dakotas. Dakota? I used to run a saloon over in a little place called Deadwood. I build that damn town. Lots of murders, lots of violence, sure, you got gold, you got greed, you got people looking to make themselves rich through whatever suffering they can inflict. And I was a fucking king there. But one night, something built up around. Somebody got it in their head that uh, the local natives had waylaid a group. Party. I know that wasn't so because the men who had uh, killed that group out in the sa out south they reported to me. But somebody got a bee got their bonnet about them natives started preaching in the street how they were gonna find them, punish them, and grind their bones. 
actually hired Morgan back when he was breathing to go look into something that was maybe the cause of this, a cave. That had been unsealed. Cave with some native shit in it. That's one of the things that I got the hoople heads turned on to the, the native angle. They thought maybe the natives had murdered him. Sent Morgan to go check it out and he came back dead. Did he ever talk about it or? From what I hear, there was a native in that cave, but she was old and dead and thirsty for blood. He said he didn't get nothing from her. And the Hoopleheads went and burned out the local village. But did it did that make it stop or it seemed to fade after that. Once enough blood had been shed. There's people you wouldn't expect to. Not the usual rowdies or uh violent sons of bitches. Sorry, miss. But uh People felt ashamed at what they'd done afterwards, some of them. A couple of them took their lives after. At that... After the... Sorry, it just, it just kind of it, it, it lines up, because whenever one of these things happens, the pressure kind of eases. It, ne it never has to, seems like it has to do anything to do with what it's causing. It just, it seems like whenever there's enough bloodshed, it settles down for a little while. One thing I did notice was that when they burned that village, Morgan went into a fit. The place he was light. asleep. Uh, we had had him locked in a room at his request, and I was like finding stray cats and tossing them in there to try and get him to quiet down. And he was managing until then. But when they burned that village, he went into a fit. And the main room of my saloon went into a fucking nuthouse. It was like him being there made it worse. And he said later, it was like something was burning the blood inside his veins. I don't know. Which shit, which he shit. <sighs> And whatever it is, it sounds like it has something to do with us and uh, our kind. Is Helena familiar with mages? Helena certainly is. You did a favor for one and never collected. Of course I did, yeah. Of course I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, I was uh, just thinking, you know, you mentioned the word <laughs> witchy. And, uh, we, you know, we got the magic guys. Uh, we did them a favor, you know. That's why you was at that clan rally in the first place, you know, we never collected on it. Maybe they might know what's happening. I'm... The deal I worked out with them was that, you know, if we needed them to do some dirty work, to bump someone off, or bring someone to us, or knock someone out of the way, that they would do it, but maybe, you know, we can make a trade for knowledge instead. You know, I figure all this magic voodoo voodoo stuff is way beyond anything we know, but it's their wheelhouse, you know. They they you, they practice this stuff all the time, and, and maybe they might have an idea what we're dealing with. 
If I remember correctly, he didn't want to have to erase somebody, but you pushed him pretty hard for the deal. I think you'd be, if anything, relieved to not have to. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, I just thought, you know, push comes to shove, you know, they got those little stake launches they held in their hands and they can freeze time. And I thought, oh, you know, that would be really good if we needed to bring someone down. But I agree. It didn't feel like they really wanted to get involved in our affairs, but maybe they would be happy to just trade some knowledge. Alright, in that case, we have a few things to attend to. Just find out where Lib is. Just go pay a visit to the magic man. And, oh, I hate to say it, but I think we should at least see Sutton. Even if we don't put up any, uh, any Sutton flags and start waving him around. Sounds like if he's demanding to see us, he'll get it out of us one way or another. Al kind of glances over at Helena. Didn't you have your vision and see, say that Lib was in Chicago? Yeah, yeah, I did. Mighty Chicago's a pretty fucking big town. So. I, uh, well, you know, I never been to Chicago myself, but, uh, you know, I ran with a lot of crooks in my time, and some of them are settled up in Chicago. If we go there, I could at least, you know, get an ear to the ground, see what shakes up. And we could always go talk to, um, uh, the dandy and see if we can borrow one of his rail cars for the day. I'm sure he'd be happy to send us to Chicago. Yeah, just, you know, last time we was on a train, uh, we lost, um, Morgan. He looks over at Al. Uh, no offense, you know, uh, we, uh, got off the train, assumed he was behind us, and he really wasn't. So, uh, if we do take a train, we, we might like to actually have, uh, someone like you with us this time, just in case. I'll studying you as you say this. Then he flicks his eyes over to Helena. Are we calling Morgan lost, then? Just curious. We're calling him missing. Lost in the literal sense, not in the, uh, proverbial sense. Like a misplaced set of keys. Hmm. Yeah, you want to make a run north? Best you have me along. Actually, you know, I'll bring Chadley along too, and, and so you won't be you won't be all on your lonesome. You know, you have someone to pass the time. You know, I'm pretty sure he knows how to play cards or something. Sounds like a fucking riot. Nah, I hope I will be happy to assist in whatever you require me. He looks at Helen again. That said, that strikes me, Chicago's a long way, and you might be better served by taking care of whatever you want to take a year before you take that trip. Yeah, that's, I think that's reasonable. Yeah, and that, don't, let's not forget that if we go gallivanting off interstate, it's going to look like we're running away from something. Got to at least tie up our loose ends here. 
I mean, that's if anyone besides the folks who keep have a percentage of keeping it quiet notice that you're gone. Says Al. I get this awful feeling that the second we look away, this place is gonna burn to the ground. Ain't you got dogs here? He turns and looks to Al. Ah, there you are. A ways back. Suddenly something dawns to Tommy, and he, he turns to Helena and he says, I know it, I know it, you you got Al on your blood teeth. You're taking over for more. Stop calling it that. Yes, I am giving Al my blood so that he doesn't die. And it is highly appreciated and given in a far more sanitary fashion. Thank you very much. Yeah, no worries. It's, it's what I do. Just please never call it that again, Tommy. I'm, I'm begging you. You know, it's it's a uh, it's habit by this point. We'll call it a we'll call it the blood drive. Okay, that works. Sam just blinks at that. <laughs> Just because it's extra weird when it's me, you know? She sort of gestures to her chest. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, because you, you got you got the actual... Yeah, thing. I got I, I, I got... Mm-hmm. A light dawns. So, uh, what are we gonna do first? I mean, I'm thinking... You know, the magic guys, you know, they're used to talking to me, so uh, maybe I should be the one who goes in a season. I should at least talk to them. Like, I, I actually know, like, I've, I've, yeah, I, sh I should be there. I don't think we should be going anywhere without company. Just period. In the town, yeah, how it is at the moment. Let's just stick together. Aye. Groups of two at minimum. I think we should all stick together. I, I agree. You know, if I wanted to knock us off, I'd be waiting for us to split up, you know. But. Actually, hang on. I. Uh, let me just look into this for a second. Helena sort of walks over to the corner of the room and closes her eyes. And uh, yeah, she's going to start up a, a premonition for seeing what would happen if we split up. First one of the nine. Yeah. All right. First, give me that rouse check. That is a fail. She gets hungrier. All right. Flickering, popping noise as the world turns into sepia, then into black and white. And all the sounds around you go quiet. And you see flame frames flicker by. Welcome to the cinema. Before our presentation begins, would you like refreshments? They're just right over there, beating in Alswerdin's veins. I, I'm all right. I'm good. don't know what you're missing, my dear. Read the words. And then 
Things go hazy. And now, I believe I'll ask you to roll Resolve plus Aspects. Yep. That's two successes. You see... Dayton from above. You're looking down from a tall building. Then you hear a click, a snap, and a hiss, and you're flying. No, you're, you're falling. You're both falling and flying, and then your gaze goes up to see a gloved hand that is not yours holding some kind of device with a cable on the end. You're swinging through the city. And then you're on a lower building, still high up, and you're looking down at a familiar tin Lizzie crawling through the streets. The fi you see is you kind of wait and watch, and then in the streetlight you see there's only two figures in the tin Lizzie. You reach into your pocket, pull out some odd-looking gun, and slide a long wooden stake into it. Then you glance to the left, and you're looking into a window, a reflection, a reflection of a mirror, a mirror looking back into the reflection, the reflection that's a mirror. And you realize your face is a mirror. Then everything cracks. And you're back to yourself again. Um. Is that a good huh or bad? I'm, I'm just going to say we stick together. Alright, right. it's me, fine. Right. Sounds good. It's always vague. Uh, Al, could you come here real quick? Sure. Where are we going? He stands. Just sort of turns him away from the group and is like, you got any, any more blood that happens to be on you? Uh, sorry, I'd have to go out and get some. No, that's, that's okay. Thank you. You want me to? No, 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 you should stick with us. All right. You want me along on this one, then? All right. Yeah, I, I think that's a good idea. Well, by all means. Okay. I guess I'm taking the running boards, then. All right, let's all, let's all go to, um, let's talk to the mages first, okay? All right. Hey, you got it. Right. So just to be clear, when you say mages, you mean like hocus pocus, like mad proper magic users. 
Uh, less on the hocus pocus, more on the proper magic. Yeah. Yeah. So when we went there, they froze time, and also they like to eat ghouls. They... You know, they make the ghoul lash, and and you know that's where they get their powers. He's right. Yeah, they love to eat ghouls. It's very scary. Let's watch out, Al. And she sort of winks at Al. <laughs> I have the distinct impression that I am being led down a primrose path here. That's all right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tommy's full of shit. You can just say. Well, I knew that already. All right. Better watch well, it out. It doesn't take long, Tommy, to find a phone booth and then a call to the card that you kept after all this time. Card that just had a phone number on it. And after a few rings, it picks. Up, they pick up. I didn't expect to hear from you again. Glad to hear you've survived. Yeah, well, uh, you know, we're trying our best, and uh, that's why I'm. Uh, that's why I dropped the dime. You see, uh, we got a use for you, and it don't involve killing nobody or, or putting yourselves in harm's way. We just uh, we got some weird stuff going on, we and thought that you'd know be about talking. it. Okay, first of all, you said a few things that we shouldn't be talking about over this line. Face-to-face -face meeting. Where? Uh, hmm. You heard of a place, uh... You heard of a place in Haymarket, Tommy describes... Describes a local place that isn't that populated most of the time, but also isn't completely deserted. It, it, it should offer enough secrecy for them to discuss things but also there'll be people around so that they're not completely secluded technically it's a juice bar <laughs> technically there is actually no wine sir no alcohol served there but company is easy enough to find if you got money So, yeah. You know the place. You know a place that'll suit. It's called Straight Shooters. Yeah, yes. You know you know a place uh, by the name of Straight Shooters. Uh, it's there in Haymarket. Tommy quickly gives directions. Mm. Uh, we'll meet you there. Uh, right now, if you're willing... I'll be along. All right, I, I'll see you. I will, you of there. course. I will, of course, take precautions. As will I, good sir. Good. Just so we understand each other. Tommy hangs up, and before he returns to the others, he's going to slide another coin into the phone box, and he's going to dial the speakeasy, and he's going to get in touch with Chadley. And just tell him to be there at straight shooters. Standing by. Hey, you know, uh, Helen has got Al on her uh, blood drive. Uh, but, you know, I figure with everything that's going on, any any extra hands would be valuable. So uh, just, you know, uh, saddle up there, get a glass of juice, uh, bowl, uh, stay away from the goulash. 
and just uh, be there in case anything happens. <clears throat> sir, sir, yes, sir. Should be good enough to do that. <clears throat> I'll right, start good. walking immediately, sir. Good. Uh, don't get yourself into trouble. You, you don't want. I don't want anyone beating you up again. But you know, if you see anyone suspicious, uh, you, you give me a signal or a sign or something. Just, just give me a heads up so I know we're about to walk in or something. That I can do, sir. And then Tommy hangs up and returns to the others. All right. Taking your car into town. Tommy will take his tin Lizzie unless someone suggests otherwise. No, Sam, Sam would prefer to hang out in Tim Lizzie rather than take the um, pest control van. Yeah, just uh, be careful. Look, I, I, I just know. Just about that, actually. I, 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 I'd rather we didn't. Oh? I, I mean, I know I had it upholstered in leather instead of... No, you know, just, just, just please. Okay, uh, you see anything in, in, in that, you know, your, your premonition? That... I don't, I'm not sure, but just let's... Yeah, not this time. Okay, uh, is there a place I can stash her where uh, Al's dogs won't, uh, you know... Do their thing on the wheels. Left side of the house is probably safe, says Al. So I guess we're hopping a streetcar then. Yeah. Sure. Hey. Unless you want to take the van. Eh, I mean, the truck's big enough for all of us, yeah. If, if three of us riding back. Yeah, it should be. If that's what you all want, Sam will drive. All right. Tommy returns from parking Tin Lizzie, and he seems to know what's happening. He just climbs into the back of Sam's truck. It's a bumpy ride. But Sam knows what he's doing. He's as familiar with this truck as he is with his hand. And so you make your way down to Straight Shooters. It's it's one of the old mansions that's in the, that you that uh, were common in this part of town. Got a ver got veranda seating. People are outside. A bit too hot for. Uh, drinking inside and they're sitting there and uh, you've got an assortment of people wearing fairly fine suits sitting around drinking men talking with women none of whom look like their wives there's a bit of an odd mix though in, in addition with uh, the guys on the hunt you can see a few older couples who seem to genuinely enjoy the ambiance. It might have something to do with the fact that this place serves ice with every drink. Helps break up the heat. Yeah, the light's bad enough that uh, no one takes much notice of your paleness as you slide into a table on the edge of things. 
over by where the fence kind of meet, meets the sidewalk. A few minutes pass and a uh, server wearing a suit comes over. Gentlemen, lady, what it would be? Hey, I'll have uh, an orange juice and uh, you got anything to eat that ain't goulash? There's a snap of a pencil point on a notebook as the man stares at you. And he, ah, sorry, right, um, weekend, it's a little late for dinner, but we can probably get you some grub. Are you alright with salads, or would you prefer something with some meat in it? You know what, actually, just get me a drink, I, uh, I forget, you know, people's eating habits these days, I, uh, Tommy trails off mid-sentence, and he's just scanning around, trying to catch sight of Chadley, just to meet eyes with him and make sure that nobody suspicious showed up before we did. Wanting to move on from that very suspect comment that Tommy just made, Helena uh, says, Can I get you to make a custom drink? Absolutely, miss. Okay, do you have ginger ale? We do indeed. Okay, uh, can I get that on ice? With of course. Some, with some grenadine and some lime juice? Yeah, that we can do. Okay, and just, uh, I might be pushing my luck a little here, but, uh, do you, uh, maraschino cherry, cherries? Ah, I think you want a Virgin Mary, then. We can make you that. Uh, Close. Yeah, that'll... Mm, yeah, just, as I said, thank you very much. Slight variation? Yeah, we're familiar. Uh, coming right up. And what can I do for... He trails off as he looks toward the corner that Ted's crouching in. Uh, Sam speaks up for the, um, for the grotesque corner. Yeah, we're, we're good. You should be fine for right, yeah. Okay. He goes and heads back. He looks a little shaken. And he can't say why. Tommy, across the way, you see, uh, across the way, you do see Chadley. He's kind of parked at the table by himself, nursing a milk. Does he indicate that anything bizarre is going on? Anything that Tommy should be aware of? Yeah. Well, he looks unruffled, glances around, gives you a shrug. Goes back to a long pull of his tankard. With that, Tommy visibly relaxes a little bit. He looks at the others and he says, uh... I think we can let our guard down just a little bit, you know, maybe enjoy a nice uh, meeting with the magic guys. Right. Uh, yeah, Sam just kind of fidgets in the corner wishing he wasn't out in public. Hmm. Uh, don't suppose you're getting any of that pressure here, are you, Helena? 
Uh, it's here. You close your eyes and focus. You did go into the visions a little while ago, and some of that still lingers. The pressure is ever-present, but it doesn't seem to have noticeably increased any. Not here. Uh, no more than normal. It's kind of... It, okay, it's, it's kind of like light pink. But most of the place is light pink. It, it's only a problem when it gets red. Right, okay. Well, and after a few minutes, Al kind of shakes his head. The fuck was that? The fuck? He looks around and you see that everyone in the restaurant, everyone on the veranda is moving a little more slowly. A few of them are just sitting still and looking at their glasses. Yeah, don't worry about that. That means the uh, guest of honor has arrived. Feels like every... you're talking really fast. So Does it feel normal to us? Yeah. Yeah, so it's clear that Al is being affected, but we're not. You feel fine. Okay, just just ride it, you know? It, it won't be long. He closes his eyes. So this, so this is normal when you meet the magic man. I mean, it was normal last time. I don't know about normal every time. Last time, everybody just right. just stopped. You know, they still had food halfway between their lips, and... Normal's a matter of perspective. Says, says a voice. Has a familiar figure to three of you. Steps uh, onto the veranda from the street. Takes off his straw boater. Rested on the table. Lean, leans his elbow on an empty ch on the empty chair. He's youngish, somewhere in his twenties, perhaps. Few freckles, clean shaven, wearing a fairly good pinstripe suit. He looks around at all of you, then squints at Ted. You're new. I have only recently joined this group. Yeah, uh, one of the other members had a bit of a mess. Was it to do with the clan rally? No, actually. Yeah, no. Completely unrelated. Hmm. Alright. Well... The prognostication indicated that you disrupted whatever was going to happen there. So you've come through with your end of the bargain. What did happen there? Okay. Uh, okay. Um, first off, I'm just... If... Level with me for a second here. Uh, 
Does the town seem extra red lately? It does. Okay. Someone gets it. Okay. Um, it was really red that night. Ah. Mm. Uh, Yeah, uh, I mean, they were up to their normal, you know, thing. Uh, but then it it got really red, like really red. And well. uh, go on. Oh, uh, okay. Um, the sky, uh, it got strange and I, I don't know how much of what I've seen was there and how much was not but uh something was controlling them I think or at least influencing them and like I, I you know I, I think they're violent people already but I, I they this was something was gonna go really wrong uh, we managed the rain. Figured that out. Oh, it, it is too. I had I had another run the other day. Yeah. No, that 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 checks out. It's not it's not a constant across all cases, but it definitely gets worse when there's when there's a storm. We figured that out. Okay. That leads us to our question. What is this? It's pretty clear that it has something to do with uh, our kind, and the city's becoming a mess. It's it's getting way out of hand. We need to know what's happening, if you have any information. Do you, do you think it is to do with us? It seems pretty clear-cut. I don't know. I'm not but... sure. It might be, but... There's a lot of things that I could tell you. I'm not certain entirely what would help you. And I'm not certain that I have all the answers. In fact, I'm certain that I don't. We have been looking into this. It is a looming problem, and it has been getting worse recently. And the more I look into it, the more I fear that it might actually be something related to us. Though not the us that are here right now. And yes, you tangentially. Wait, wait, there are more of you guys? Did you think I came here alone? I'm many things, Mr. Hinton, but I am not a fool. Hey, fair enough. I suppose I can't blame you for taking precautions. Is this the alternative way of settling our debt that you that you offered? Information in lieu of uh, assassination? Eva, uh, we've been discussing how we would like to uh, take a more uh, peaceful uh, resolution, revelation going forwards, and uh, 
yeah, if you could help us with uh, whatever Helena's been seeing, uh, we would take that as a satisfactory uh, conclusion of our debt. All right. Oh, it, it just it just occurred to me. I I, I should note. Uh, it definitely affects us as well. That's troublesome. Affects you in what way? Uh it seems more or less the same. I, uh, uh violent thoughts, impulses. She sort of seems like visibly uncomfortable, like answering that. Well, with you, well, with your kind, all you, all your tasks is focused in your blood. Have you noticed any blood-related effects? Our what? Uh, yeah. Um. Well, sorry. Uh, she's had like um. I guess it'd be pretty vague for her to answer that. I don't think she would have any like obvious leads, especially since her stuff is mostly related to ore specs, which is already kind of vague. Um, just thinking about it. if anything I might have missed. Well, you. Hmm. No, there was something going on with Morgan, but I don't think it affected you, so Helena didn't have that experience. Pity. Okay. Okay. Uh, it was just him. Yeah. yeah. I, it's hard to say. Uh, I mean, obviously I've been seeing things, but... Al, Al piped up. Morgan said it was like uh, he was using his blood to make himself stronger, but it wasn't under his control. Oh. Like the thing gave his beast free reign to live it up a little. Oh, that, that might explain it. All right. Sorry, just quickly. What did you say was concentrated in our blood? Tess. It's uh, quintessence. It's... This is going to take a while. Let's... Uh, I would love to talk to you about it, but we should probably... That can be true. Okay. First things first, would you consider this fair repayment for your uh, scuttling of the clan rally? Yeah, okay. She just wants to learn. Very well. And if you are truly are truly interested in working against this thing, then we may be able to make joint cause. Time's running out. I like that. It's getting stronger. And he slides into the chair. First things first. My name's great. My name is August. That's what you can call me. Yeah, uh, I'm uh, Tommy Hinton. Tommy says, holding out a hand. You but you know that already. I did. You're looking a little rough, Mr. Hinton. Is everything all right? Uh, let's just say, uh, what's the saying? It's time to uh, open a new, uh, turn over a new chapter in my life. 
Well, I wish you with the luck with whatever faith you chose to put your yours in. I I stay, stick keep to mine in science, and it works out very well for me. Yeah, I mean, I still remember what you said about putting guys up on the moon. You know, I think that's worthy of you, worthy of faith. You know, keep at it. If we can swing the paradigm, it'll happen with a man of lifetime. I'm gonna hope. He glances over at Hella. Yo. What about me, sorry? What can I call you? Oh. Helena. Nods. And you too. Yeah, just uh Sam. I'm I'm Ted. Alright. Pleased to meet a lot of you. Hopefully we can stay civilized. Mm -hmm. So, full disclosure, the group that I belong to may have stirred this thing up originally. But on, on purpose or back I can't say. Before we arrived, there was only one of our faction in this town. A German immigrant called himself the clockmaker. From what I understand, what I've been able to reconstruct from my side of things is that the local vampires are causing quite a lot of trouble. You got that right. Everybody's vying for power. There's a vacuum and looks like there's going to be a metaphorical fire sometime soon. Oh, I'm not talking about now. I'm talking about the turn of the century, more or less. We believe that they killed somebody important to him. And so he... found other people who had been wronged. Other people who were in on the secret. They thought that all of you were Nosferatu. I think that's the term. I used to think the same thing. A local businessman, a fellow named Patterson, got himself amb ambushed in one of his warehouses. Survived thanks to his bodyguards. But from that point on, he was a crusader. Turned the resources of his company, NCR, into a... towards funding and uh, staffing a covert hunter group. They called themselves the Century Club. Their cover story was that they were detectives. The clockmaker learned about them and joined them and joined them as a uh, genius. He equipped them with the latest cutting-edge technology, and some that went far beyond the edge. So you're saying he supplied them with some kind of tool or something that isn't working exactly as they intended. Not exactly. Things escalated. The Century Club had some victories, but it had quite a lot of setbacks as well, and as best we can reconstruct, the clockmaker grew irritated. 
and he worked up a plan to wipe out the vampire menace once and for all in Dayton. Sorry, how long ago was that? In 1913, he set his plan into motion, and the city flooded. That was, Wait. That was how... only five years before before my sire. Wait, so you're saying that he had the ability to flood the city? It wasn't easy, and something went wrong. You see, we're not exactly magicians. We're scientists, just using science that hasn't been invented yet. Science that might never be if people don't develop in the proper way. And pull things out of the future. And whatever he made, whatever he used, went wrong. I'm pretty sure that the flood wasn't meant to inflict the destruction that it did. But it also so... made ripples in the Umbra. Ah, oh, the Umbra, you probably don't. Okay. So, Shadow? pull technology from the future, and... The Clockmaker pulled a weather control device from the future, and... We don't... It went like wrong. That. We don't know exactly what he used, how he manifested the paradigm. It did go wrong. That's one reason we're here, is to, we're, to try and reconstruct things and clean up the mess. Sorry, just to clarify, when you say here, do you mean like... in this physical place because you came from another state, or... did you get pulled through time as well? Oh, no, 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 it's, it's, uh... We only have one member who's chronologically displaced, and he's from the past. Sam just kind of squints a little bit and nods disbelievingly, going, Right. It, it's very sure. difficult. Okay. It's very difficult to go back, much easier to go forward. And he's just <sighs> contemplating his glass of juice, and he doesn't understand what the words chronologically displaced means. <laughs> so he's had no reaction whatsoever. Now, hang on, would Helena have picked up on him not get, like, getting it? Easily, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, out of time, Tommy. Uh, wait. Wait, you got a guy who's from the past? Yes. How long ago? Um, when was the Byzantine era again? Hmm. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Byzantium. He's not, dire he's not directly like here, but he's overseeing the uh, operation. Hero's a good friend of mine. Let's, let's get back on topic. There's only so much that I think we can all contemplate with all this. Uh, look, I, I'm having I trouble believing any of it. I need to pick with. your brain later, okay? Byzantium was the guy in, the, in, in this, the, the Civil War, wasn't he? I think Helena would, like, give him a bit of a slightly flirty look almost, but she really is just interested, and say, like, just figuratively. Good. You might be able to come to an accord. Anyway, I should explain the Umbra. I'll try to be brief. 
He holds up a, he holds up a few sheets of paper. Tears them out of a notebook, holds them up. There are other worlds than these. Our world is here. Their other worlds are stacked in among it, like sheets of paper. Separated by only the slimmest margins. He holds up the whole notebook. This is the distance to the deep umbra. Stranger things, things that can't exist in this world. He pulls the, runs the fingernail around till it's only a few sheets from the front. The near umbra. These are things that can come... These are things that are very close. Ghosts, for example. They can still influence the world. They can still appear in it from at times, occasionally manifest. Now, as far as we can determine, he says, swirling his finger in the condensation from a juice and dripping it onto the sheets he pulled out. The Great Flood weakened the Umbra specifically for something that was farther out and now he says as the drops soak into the paper and start spreading it's working its way in do you have any idea what he's trying to reach it's trying to I think it's trying to get itself free. Something bound it long ago. If it does get free, that would be bad because... I mean, you've seen the people rioting the streets. People are killing each other for no real reason. It's just gonna get worse. The thing seems to feed on violence and it draws power from magic. Your magic's concentrated in the blood, which is why... You've, you've noticed a blood-related effect, evidently. When it's trying to come through. It's using you as either focal points or food. So it's like uh, it's like when Lucky Luciano got out the clink and everyone went nuts. Okay. So what does... Metaphor. Do you have any idea what the clockmaker was trying to pull through himself like is this what he intended or is this completely circumstantial we don't believe he was trying to pull it through best we can figure out is that he set up the whatever he set up to manipulate the rivers and there was something slumbering under them or in them in the spirit realm deep he holds up the notebook again then he stirred up the rivers used a lot of tasks to do so and it was like waving a carrot in front of a don sleeping donkey's nose right so has anybody told him that this is a bad idea or is he unreachable he's been missing since the flood we've been looking we've had quite enough of his shenanigans thank you very much mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd be he was warned repeatedly it, not to go go as far as he did, but he took the war with your kind to a rather catastrophic end. Well, this does kind of explain everything. Is there um, do you have a plan to dry up the paper? 
Well, there are a couple of possibilities. If we could find some record of his research, we could figure out what he did and try to undo it. But that would require finding out what happened to him, or possibly figuring out what remains of the Century Club. He was working closely with them. They might have had some records or some thing. But the Century Club was funded by one of the richest men and most influential men in town who very, was very paranoid about vampires. So they, they were definitely vampire hunters. They would never, under any circumstance, work with vampires. Uh, your kind have their ways. Enough of them I'm thinking, died or went missing that I'm sure there were some double agents among them, but... Which is because I'm it. thinking we, uh, you know, we, we having problems with this group called the Dead Man's Body, and, but they're all vampires, but... Hmm. You know, I was maybe thinking they might be in cahoots, but... Based on what you say about this Century Club, probably not. I couldn't tell you. That might be a lead to follow. One is tracking down the Century Club or getting information on the clock leaker. Clockmaker. Two is possibly a dead man's party. I really don't know the specifics. There's a third option. We've gotten close enough to it in the Umbra that uh, it's got some sort of binding on it that's slowly being frayed. Who believes that someone bound it here long ago. As in before uh, A.D. ago. Could, could we... Uh, I don't suppose we'd be able to find out who, given, uh, you know, how long ago it was, you know. But... Well... The natives... We've actually been looking for uh, natives who might might have blood back from back in this area, but we haven't been able to find any. Over the last year, somebody's been killing them. So, unless you have some way of speaking to the dead... Uh, Sam looks at Helena. Is that... Can you do that? I... I think uh, I spoke to one... one dead person one time, but I don't... I can't just make it happen. I'm not even sure if he was dead. If 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 people had a way to talk to the dead, I would have fried on the electric chair ten years ago. I mean, I can sometimes see them, but they don't tend to like it when I, they notice I can't. Really? That's a talent we don't have access to at the minute. That's a talent I didn't know we had access to. Hmm. Well, says August, reaching into his pocket and pulling out a thin leather folder that he snaps into a thicker leather, th leather folder that he snaps out into a leather folder that absolutely should not have been able to fit in his pocket and slides it across. And there's all we have on the murders and the local na possible local native strong points. Places where there might be relics or clues. If you could talk to the dead, there might be something there that we couldn't find. We didn't have the time or 
and power to follow up on any all of them anyway. There is a fourth possibility, but it's probably a bad one. Should we hear it out, or is it such a bad idea that you should probably keep it to yourself? No, no. Keep in mind present company. The fourth possibility is that we've tracked individual umbral traffic in the city of at least two smaller entities. And we're pretty sure that they're loop lines. Wait, those are... Those are the, the whatchamacallums. They're the werewolves, right? My sire said yes. something about, you know, back when we... When we, we, me and you first met, you know, I told my sire, and he, he thought you was a lupine, but I said, you know, the guy ain't got a lot of hair, he's not that big. No, I'm very much not. At any rate, you know about lupines, okay. Then you probably know that they're very territorial, quite xenophobic, and have a famed hatred of your kind. Nonetheless, this thing coming through the Umbra is likely a spirit. It seems to be bound with Native American magic, we're guessing. And they are known for having a history of something like that. And they are travelers in the Umbra, so it's very likely they felt the presence keener than we have. So they might know something more than we do. I would That's... definitely prefer not to talk to them unless we have to. Do your kind have uh, dealings with them? I know they hate us, but you know what they are, and you know that they're... You know more about them than we do, so surely you know how to talk to them. From what I've heard from Hero, we've been able to make common cause now and again, but they prefer to stay among themselves mostly. I don't know. I don't know, guys. I mean, we was coming here hoping we would uh, find a way to solve things without having to take on Sutton or anyone else, and instead we're being being presented with, with some big dogs that sound like they're twice the trouble. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a good lead, unless we seriously run out of leads. Like, that. that is suicide. Right. Suicide should never be the first option. What exactly are you trying to solve? You don't mind my asking. Same thing you are. Why this is happening and how we can make it stop. And and and, and on top of that, we got we got some specific, uh, you know, some of our kind that are trying to, you know, uh, profit from the situation in various ways, and we got a lot of people trying to pull us in different directions, and we're just trying to figure out how to get through it without biting off more than we can chew. Look, to be clear, apparently we are in uh, something of a desired position. Everybody wants our attention. Everybody wants us to do something. And it seems like everybody's ready to make power plays left, right, and center while we just get pulled around. The last thing we want is for all of this to be coming to a head at the same time that everybody wants to go to war with each other. Everybody wants Have to we... go to war? In our world, yeah. They're, they're so... gearing up for it, you know. We got these two, 
still, uh, I suppose you could call them like uh, political parties or something like that. We got the Camarilla and we got the Anarch. And, uh, you know, they're at each other's throats. And, and, you know, maybe it's got something to do with, uh, you know, all this stuff with the clockmaker and the spirits of boiling everyone's blood, you know. So, you're telling me that the local kindred population is, at some point in the near future, going to be very violent and hateful toward each other. And full of blood that attracts the attention of the spirit. Basically. And we're doing Which everything we can to can avoid it. can amplify violence. And yes. seems to gain power and food from... Well. Yeah, you can see why we're concerned. Especially now that we know what you know. It's not looking good. Could be the catalyst. That's problematic. Yeah, we're really doing our best to uh, kind of keep things smoothed over and kicking down the road as long as we can, but we're kind of realizing that something has to change. This thing is both threat and instigator. I will say this, I, I don't know the exact situation or what your internal politics are, but this thing seems to amplify and bring out the worst in people. If you find a way to get rid of or seal it, at the very least, you're probably going to calm things down a bit. Keep things from coming to a head for at least a little while. Yeah, and give, give us more time oh. to figure out what we want to do. What do you know about... Yeah, no, no, you, you go on, Ted. But... I was just going to say, that might explain why one of them's getting a bit, uh, yeah, a bit headstrong in the, um, rallying department. Ah, uh, yeah, see, there's this thing going on, something in Chicago, and, uh, someone's come down from up there, and they're trying to rile up people here, so that maybe they can, uh, you know, Get something going in Chicago, and, and, you know, as long as this thing's going on, they're probably gonna get the support they're looking for. So, it ain't just gonna be here in this city, it's gonna be up in Chicago, it's gonna be other places too. It was in the Dakotas, says Al. It's Dakotas. That's... Instruments have this pegged as a regional... Th if it's in Chicago, too... August's yeah. eyes widen. Oh. Sounds like that flood went up. Something, something, Umbra. A lot more than you thought, huh? Oh, no, the flood just weakened things, but... It's bigger in the Umbra than we were thinking, if it's got that much stretch. We may have to recalibrate the engines. All right. I've told you what I can. We have a common cause. We're going to have to go and take another look at it a few pages down the notebook, if you get what I mean. 
I, I get what you mean as best as I probably ever will. Alright. Hey. Is, is that why you gotta put guys on the moon? <laughs> One of the reasons, actually. If we don't quantify it before the, before people to get to the moon, God knows what they'll find there. Uh, okay, let's let's unpack that one later. Quite possibly, you've got my card. Yeah, no, I, I'd like to talk sometime. All right. Face to face meetings are best. Agreed. But. My time's going to be limited until we can take a second look at what we're dealing with here. If it's, it's as big as you say, this is... <sighs> you may have to get other laboratories involved. Uh, two things before you go. Uh, is there any chance that you can... I, I don't even know how this works, but the time thing that's going on. Can you exclude Al? And he kind of points, out, points to Al. Can you kind of exclude Al from that next time? These Important. And if he's here, I think you might want to hear what he has to say directly. Well, shut down the somnolent engine, somnolation engine once uh, once I'm out of here. Wait. It just makes me sleep. But absolutely. And uh, secondly, I assume that your second. pilot... He, he, pulls out a, he pulls out a camera with a few extra googles at it and poof! There's a flash as he takes Al's picture. It'll be excluded next time. Thanks. And uh, for my benefit, could you apologize to your pilot for me? I think I gave her a scare last time. And I'm not going to apologize myself. I, that's not... No. He smiles. <laughs> that's not how she told the story, but uh, I had a feeling she was exaggerating a bit. Oh no, she was... Uh... I'll pass along your apologies. Yeah, thanks. And with that, he nods and uh, turns around and starts to leave. A moment or two after he leaves, you're sitting there, perhaps talking among yourselves, perhaps perusing the folder, seeing quite a lot of newspaper clippings. And when the waiter finally, when things seem, people seem to snap out of it, Al kind of revives first. But it's like thinking through molasses. So, uh, and... here's how I see it. Whatever's going on with this war, it's gonna get worse if this clockmaker and ghost business is allowed to run unchecked. So I think uh, our priority is to deal with that Preferably without uh, running afoul of some big scary dog guys. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Now, I know they don't like our kind, but uh, I figure, you know, Gopher, she's pretty rough and tumble. Uh, maybe she might be able to reach out to him. But if not, he mentioned there's been some killings going on, and, well, uh, I uh, got my ear to the ground. I know a lot of crooks in this town, and I doubt any of them have got anything to do with the killings, but 
you know, one of them might have heard something. They might have heard some rumors about a guy who ain't be who ain't where he should be at the wrong time, and you know, give us something to go on so we don't gotta bother with these werewolves. Look, I'm all for not pestering the werewolves. I figure we'd have a better chance with Sutton if we was to go tangle with the werewolves. Yeah, that one I'm not sure about. Around you, you hear the sounds of the restaurant resuming. People drinking their juice, talking quietly. We're growing, growing from quiet back to regular volume. The effect, whatever it was, seems to have faded. Right, we should probably keep the rest of this to ourselves for now. Tommy just stands up. He, he reaches down, takes a sip of his juice, just a little bit. He hasn't got the blush of life on, so he immediately spits it back out on the table. <laughs> what I order this for? It tastes like cigarette smoke. Yeah, Sam is just going to hop off the table and start to leave. That's Wait, well. hang on. They're, Sorry, did Helen get a Shirley Temple? <laughs> and that's about the point the waiter comes back. The, the last, first round of juice was easy enough you know, if it got delivered. And good fast before the effect took hold, but the waiter the waiter does eventually make his way back. I'm sorry, I guess I must have gotten into rhythm shaking it. He says and hands you a very frothy Shirley Temple. That's quite alright. And she's gonna blush and drink while he's there. Uh, she right. gets hungrier. And she takes a long sip. Oh, Helena, you remember your sire saying to you a second ago, though you can't quite remember his voice, you never can. This isn't what you really want to be drinking. Why don't you ask this nice young man to help you out with a problem that requires following you somewhere dark? Uh, Helena's going to sort of grit her teeth a bit and smile through it. Um, at the uh, the waiter and say, "Oh, that's that's really good. Uh, do you want to try it?" No, no, ma'am. I'm on the clock. I couldn't possibly. No, please. I, I insist. This is this is really good. Well, okay then. <laughs> to be clear, this is not her like trying to seduce this guy to drink him or anything. She really does just want him to drink the, to the drink. <laughs> It's clear he's humoring the pretty girl at first when he picks this up and takes a sip. Then his eyebrows rise. Oh. This isn't right? bad at all. I... Huh. Oh, I'm going to have to remember this one. What do you think? Add it to the menu? She said it gives so. him fluttery eyelash eyelashes. Ah. What's your name, then? We'll name it after you. Helena. Helena Waters. Uh, Helena's Water. That works. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I tell you what, though, says Tommy Cuttington. It would taste a lot better with uh, something stronger in it. You, you, you get my drift. Well, sir, we don't serve that here so anymore. Wouldn't dream of breaking the law, so... That's, uh... Sadly not gonna happen. 
I'll mention it to my Canadian friend. Maybe they can get something going when they uh, finally get over their maple fetish. Ah, Tommy says, raising a finger, and he looks at the man, turns on his oar, straightens his suit as much as he can, and he says, "Uh, no need for Canadians to get involved, good sir. You just, uh, you tell your boss that, uh, if he'd like to expand his menu, uh, Thomas Four Fingers Hinton will be happy and willing to serve. Oh, you're, you're Mr. Hinton? Oh, uh, um, wow. Uh, so, it's quite a gamut of emotions. Prior to this, he was focusing on Helen and barely glancing at you when he when you spoke, because you were frankly putting him on itch. The beast is close in you, Tommy, though he doesn't know exactly what it was. Then you turned on the yaw, and he was, and he got over it fast. He was just jumping at shadows. Now you're being vaguely threatening, and he's backing away again. Ah, yeah. I, <laughs> of course, of course, sir. I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to mention that. Oh, um, he puts the glass down, back down in, fr- in front of Helena. It's much emptier now. I'll be happy to pass that along. Mr. Yeah, Hayden, thanks for yeah. stopping by. Tommy's already, lost, Tommy's already lost interest in him. He's just gazing around. He's muttering under his breath. Yeah, yeah, maybe uh, one of them guy over there and an ankh on the wall. Hmm. Yeah, this could work. I'm sorry. I got carried away. So, uh... How would we like to start this? You know, I can get the call out. I can uh, see if anyone owes me a favor, see if anyone's heard anything or seen anything. That way we won't have to hopefully deal with the dog, man. I mean, if, if you're already on the plane, then just get started with it, I guess. I know you got away with dogs, but I got a feeling it ain't gonna work on these ones. I'm not even gonna try. Not... Not even an attempt. How much experience does everyone here have with lupines, if anything? I assume Sam has heard stories. At, at Tommy minimum. has one dot of a cult, which means he would have heard about them, what they are, and would know not to mess with them. But... Yeah, did our Helena. That's pretty much about what you know, given your age and involvement with Kindred today. Okay. Incidentally, well, while you're talking, everybody can go and give me a wits plus awareness. Plus awareness four. <coughs> yeah, I had pretty much deal with a hundred of Sanetti's goons, and one of them, based on what I heard, two successes from Tommy. <laughs> I got a critical of forty. <laughs> I think I might have put that into the pot, right? Um, I rolled seventy-three dice instead of seven with three hunger. Um, I get wow. four successes. <laughs> Let's try this. Four, okay. Uh, Sam also got a four. Ted, how are you looking? Uh, only three. Three is enough. Everybody but Tommy. <laughs> no, can't help but notice. Across the veranda, there's a wide window. And though it's uh, gas lamps within, dimly lit, it still offers a pretty clear shot at the bar. And there's a uh, fellow wearing a pork pie hat and a trench coat. 
leaning on the bar. He's got the phone in his left ear, got his hand covering his face, the hand that's toward you, and he's glancing over so every so often at your table as he's talking to the phone. And Sam and Helena both can't help but notice that his eyes seem to track back to Helena over and over again. You know what? Helena's gonna meet his gaze and give him a, like, unsettlingly wide smile. He immediately turns away. But he doesn't move his hand and he's still talking into the phone. I think we're being watched. Uh, he's um, watching, as the, oh, as that guy over there? Yeah, as the group goes to leave, Sam's going to listen out to see if he can catch anything. Hmm. Well, he's inside and you're leaving the veranda, so there's the hubbub of normal conversation between you and him. Ah, uh, probably not. Tommy would like to, if possible, knowing that the guy is eyeing Helena... Tommy would like to just get up from his table and see if he can find a place that's out of eyesight so that he can activate Unseen Passage. For free to do that, I was going to, um, I was going to have Helena just play it off like she thinks that this guy is sweet on her and walk right up to him. Oh, yeah. Well, then Tommy can go up invisible just in case as well. Alright, sure. Go and rouse the blood there, Tommy. Alright, let's go. Dice pool. One it's success. not too hard to walk Tommy off the veranda, get... take a turn, squat down behind the fence, not get hungry as you walk back in shadow. Helena, um, are Ted and Sam going up as well, or are you guys kind of uh, staying out of this for a while? I will say no, it is a bit out of this. It is a bit more crowded inside. In the veranda, you had dim light going for you, but... No, they're gonna... Uh, at least uh, Sam's gonna be staying outside. Helen is still blushed, of course. Ted, what's the goal? Uh, yeah, no, Ted's gonna wait with Sam. He's like... Helena seems to know what she's doing. <laughs> Alright. Helena. Like keeping an eye on things, but yeah. <laughs> you come walking in... The man whispers a few more words, then puts the phone back under the hook, turns to look at you, folds his hands. The seat taken? Not at all, Miss Waters. Oh, you know my name. And she sits down and she's definitely playing the false assurance up here very strongly. I do. And how is it you know me? Well, ma'am, I'll be frank, I was hired to track you down. That's, uh, that's rather upfront. By whom? By my client. Who you name you can't divulge, yeah, okay. Would you care for a drink? Please. Upon hearing him say that... Tommy is intrigued. Does it look like he has any pockets or anywhere he might have a notebook or 
any details about his client. He is wearing a trench coat, even in this heat. Mm. So, yeah, plenty of pockets. So Some while... of them big enough for notebook. A couple of them with bulges that you've got time and ease to study. Yeah, so while... Uh... So while Helena talks to him, Tommy would like to just... Uh study some of the bulges and try to get an idea of what he might be hiding in each pocket. Well, you study them as best you can, but you know that it's going to come down to the dip. So Tommy's going to rouse the blood in that case. Because here's the thing. The way he's sitting, you can't just rifle through the pockets without risk. If you go yeah, in too forcefully, exactly. you're going to be, become visible. Tommy does not get hungrier. But That's what good. he's going to do is he's going to rouse the blood to activate his tools of nature. Mm. And he's going to manifest the silk glands of a spider in the palms of his hands. I always forget you can just do this shit. <laughs> Literal and, sticky fingers, okay. Yeah, so that he won't have to break invisibility, he can just dip some silk into the pockets and like playing, like fishing, just drop a string of silk in there, lift it out and see what comes out. In that case, I'd say it... Yeah, we're going to rely less on the dexterity. And more on your wits or resolve, your choice. Yeah. Okay, resolve. resolve. Did you you boost dexterity already? I've not boosted anything yet. All right. Your choice of wits or resolve. I'll go resolve and a skill or just resolve. Resolve and larceny. Resolve and larceny. That'll give me, yeah. This is actually something larceny is built for. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to willpower. And that will be four successes after spending a willpower. Four successes is enough. You took. You went with resolve, right? I did. You took your time. You studied him carefully. The way he, when he shifted, the way he moved, the way his coat fell, and yeah, you're fairly sure the notebook is there. You ease in. And draw it forth, and, uh... Yep. It's a monogram notebook, stationary. The Henderson Detective Agency. And you have ample time to study it. Yeah, Tommy will just take a step back, lean up against the wall, and start just flicking through it, studying it, while Helena chats up the guy. Helena nuzzles the man with his hairstyle. <laughs> Come on, man. That says without context, that's horrifying to just read out in voice chat. <laughs> All right. Come on, man. Yeah. Nah. Tommy, yeah, Tommy backs up and starts reading, and it does appear to be a case file. The client is a name you are unfamiliar with. Yeah. And, uh, but the detective does note on the second page that he comes across as a bit of a creep. The client does. The client does. There's a couple of shot photos of a Helena clipped from, like, society papers 
and one that looks to be taken from a medical file, showing her looking rather frazzled. Just the top part of her face down to here, wearing an asylum gown. Committed at 16? Question mark. Obviously not seeing this. Uh, Helena continues the conversation. Uh, so okay. uh, not, not very good at your job, are you then? No, I'd say I did my job just fine. Yeah? You're fine with me spotting you? Well, ma'am, the time you did, it was pretty much a moot point. Hmm. Been a while then, huh? She's freaking out on the inside, by the way. Hmm. Go ahead and roll me a charisma plus persuasion. Can I do like? subterfuge false assurance? Yeah. Yeah, that seems to be... That seems to be... Uh, I'm gonna reroll. Oh, fuck me. Two successes. Two successes. I have to admit, you're keeping it together pretty well. Don't worry, it's... My client, from what I'm given to understand, doesn't mean you any harm. Uh-huh. He just means to follow me around for how long now? I was hired to find a missing person. Missing. And by this time, uh... By this time, Tommy, you've gotten to the back part of the notebook. And, uh... It mentions the client saw her at a local clan rally in Dayton. Yeah, I figured it was it was mm. a boy. In the company of some kind of bodyguard or mercenary or something. So Tommy doesn't recognize this name, but he understands that it's probably something to do specifically with Helena. So what he would like to do is, with the book still attached to a little string of silk, he wants to just move behind Helena and drop the book onto her lap under the table where the detective can't see it, hoping that she'll notice it there. And Helena does. At about the same time, you hear the screech of brakes outside. And the slamming of car doors. Multiple. <sighs> the detective sighs. Well, it's been a pleasure, but I don't believe the rest of this is any of my business, Mrs. Waters. You have a good night. He stands up and uh, starts making his way toward the side door. Helena just flips him the bird behind his back. There's a nervous muttering and a gasp from a lady in the corner. It's still, you know, 
There's still people inside. And a couple He's of them are watching this byplay with uh, maybe some excitement. Something's <laughs> going on here. If, if Sam and Ted are outside, do they see what all the commotion is? Oh, yeah. Sam, a uh, fancy car just pulled up. A man, a uh, kind of pudgy fellow in a suit with a with hair that's uh, starting to bald way ahead of his age. Just climbed out of it along with uh, what looks to be a chauffeur. And behind him is a uh, van labeled Southern Ohio Lunatic Asylum. And there are about six men in white coats coming out of it. Uh, Sam is going to use Sense the Beast, and he's going to be paying keen attention to all of them, just to make sure none of them are kindred. I won't make you roll. There is not a hint of Beast in among any of them. Oh, fantastic. There's kind of a little bit of muted anger in the man in the fine suit, but it is nowhere near violence or any kind of... any kind of aggression. Is Helena aware of this? Elena, you heard guard doors slamming, and you're seeing figures pushing through the crowd. Uh, okay, I think do we have do I have time to activate mask of a thousand faces? Unfortunately, there are eyes upon you. Um, is it obvious that they are heading to Helena? You could, but you do have vanish. That's. Don't you? Uh, I, I, I think if push comes to shove, Helena will find out she has vanished tonight. Yeah. Did you go ahead and buy it? I did. She doesn't recognize any of these people, does she? Helena, this is a stressful situation. You don't up until a figure crosses the window and Alex stares in at you. Alex. With that mustache that never quite grew straight, one side, fu one side fuzzed, the other bare. Alex, his his hair, the the male pattern's gone a bit further since last you saw him, and the, his belly is a bit bigger. He's 24, 25, something like that. He's carrying a cane now. Probably thinks it makes him look a little more dapper. He clearly doesn't need it to walk. No, no, but if he keeps <laughs> on the way he's going, he will eventually. And he kind of turns and gestures, and you see a uh, man in a chauffeur's outfit open the door. As he walks in behind him, you catch a glimpse of white jackets. Familiar looking white jackets. Okay, Helena, Helena's taking that document from the table. And then, yeah, and then she is, uh, she's going to disappear. Okay. So well, Tommy then. would obviously notice Helena disappear. I think she would, I think she would do it while, like, uh, is there enough of a crowd here that there are people to sort of move through? 
Every table's full. Does Helena intimate? Does Helena intimate in any way that she is unnerved by these people? Does she look like she wants to get away? Oh, she looked fucking scared shitless. Yeah. Can I roll an insight to see if Tommy notices that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, because hopefully I would like to, if, if, if at all possible, have her vanish in a plausibly deniable way. That's three um, successes from Tommy. I'd rather not have her, just having given her name to this bar, vanish in front of everyone. Yeah, so, so Tommy noticing that Helena is almost squirming to get away, he suddenly steps out of the shadows, fully visible again. Um, his hands still have silk glands on them, so he just shoves them inside his jacket, and he's going to activate his awe and walk directly towards the people, hopefully right. trying to draw as many eyes towards him as he can. There's a babble of conversation as you appear out of nowhere, Tommy. As, um... All eyes immediately around it. Where'd he come? Who's he? Who's the? Is he the boyfriend? You hear from the, from the, from the table, or the husband? Helen is, Helen is going to walk up to Tommy, and uh, first just sort of whisper in his ear, if you can, get the, uh, get the one with the cane away from the group. Tommy nods. And he sets and his one... eyes towards Alex. And Helena has disappeared then, has she? Yeah. Hopefully without being too obvious. Did you rouse the blood? Uh, let me do that. Oh, she's at four hunger now. This mm. is probably perfect there. <laughs> and for a second, the marquee flickers. That sound of film rattling and snapping through the projector comes again. And Helena bravely ran away? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> or dot dot dot. Or did she? So Helena, I've come to... Where's Helena, sir? Tommy takes his cue. He steps forwards towards the man with the cane. What's your... What's your what's your business with my fiance? He's going to rouse his blood. That is, he does not get hungrier, and he's going to just go straight into entrancement. Suddenly, the light catches Tommy in just the right way. He smiles. Um, he, he's doing his best to look jovial without taking his hands out of his jacket, and he says, "Ah, uh, yeah, y your fiance." Uh, I happen to know that you're looking for her, and if you would follow me, I will take you right to her. I well, I am... Um, he looks around, and... Damnation, I pay good money for that man to... S so close. You activate entrancement, and he succumbs instantly. Yes, of course, lead on. Helen is going to be following them. Tommy! Wooster! Tell, tell the rest of them to follow closely, then. Oh, yes, no, uh, the... comes from the door. Tommy 
Tommy smiles and he says, uh, I'm going to have to ask that uh, you come alone. See, she's easily spooked and, you know, it took me a long time to find her and get her ready. And, you know, if she sees uh, that more people are get following behind oh, you. You're with the agency. All right. I, yeah, I yeah. Maddox had it, uh, things under control. Okay. Tommy, Tommy's, got, Tommy's read the notebook, so he, he name drops the agency that was on the notebook. Yes, you have. Yeah. All right, lead on, man. Tommy, there's a, shi there's a shiny yeah. fifty cents in for it. Win it for you for your snappy. Yeah, I shall try my best to be, sir. Before Tommy leads him away, he's just gonna scan the surroundings. Does he see Ted and Sam? There are shadows out past the fence behind the white-coated men. Yes. So Tommy's just going to shoot a look in that direction, hoping that Sam or Ted will see him and basically get the gist that he wants them to make sure that no one follows. Because he doesn't entirely trust this guy. He's Tommy's not smart, but he knows what an abduction looks like, and he doesn't want anyone uh, following him. Yes, yes, yes. Tell, th tell, the, tell the orderlies to wait up. I'll go see if we can. She's amenable to reason for once. And then Tommy's her emotions going haven't to... clouded her mind like usual. Gotten the better of his sense. Oh yeah, her, God, her, she's her, been her, running her... wild without a guiding hand. Her mind's always clouded. Like it's uh, it's like uh, you know, when it's a rainy day and all the clouds are in the sky. Yeah, that's what it's like. Tommy leads him across the establishment and. Look for a back entrance. Oh. Not the main entrance, a back entrance. Yeah, there's a side entrance that I left from. And yeah, he just, he's only leading back there. Yep, just leads him out the side entrance and As hopefully into so. an area that's not... Doesn't have anyone waiting. I assume Helen is following. Oh, yeah. As you do so, we'll cut over to Sam and Ted. Sam, Ted. The veranda stand out a little, so there's a few people here, especially the ones who are with the younger women who are have plainly don't want any drama like this associated near them, so they're scattering. The older couples are watching with mouth open, this is better than a radio soap. And uh <laughs> But and they can't take their eyes off Tommy, they're kinda of craning to see him. But you see, both of you are at a good angle to see the man in the chauffeur's uniform sigh. Reach into his vest, pull out a luger, yeah, glance back to the orderlies, and wave them around to the side. Oh, jeez. He was convincing enough for the master, but the servant seems to be a little protective. And as soon as Tommy and company go through the door, the, man, the chauffeur starts creeping in behind as the orderlies go out to the mouth of the alley. What Do you, do you want us to do anything about this? Yeah, Sam is going to do something he doesn't normally do. Oh. He's going to call upon all the dogs in the neighborhood that he can find <laughs> and stick them on the orderlies. Alright. Hmm. That could do. That could be. That could work. I assume the two of you are communicating, so easy enough for you to know what's going down. Ted, would you like to try anything? 
The chauffeur is as yet as yet unmolested. What if the or dog could help. come and then Matthew... help. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, what if the dogs come running and the shadows elongate just to make the dogs look even more menacing? Yeah. You, you could try to lock down the chauffeur or you could help the dogs finish up the orders. Drive them off, scare them off, something. Or you could do something I haven't thought of. Yeah. I guess, firstly, what's a Luger? <laughs> That's a gun. It's a pistol. It's a pistol. Like, you know those uh, old German-style World War II pistols. And actually, in my apologies, that would be anachronistic. Lugas were at, like thirties, I think. So he pulls out a. Nineteen uh, hundred. Nineteen hundred. Oh yeah. Never yeah, mind. It's... it's a Luger, baby. It's one of these. So uh, he, okay. he's got a pistol. Hit him with a wrench. Sorry, don't do it, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my first thought was to use my puppetry to, like, get him basically to try and signal them all back and then just, like, hold him there. <laughs> you could do that, too. So, what do you like to mm. yeah. yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> All right, this will go off before the dog, so go ahead and roll to rouse, then roll your shadow puppetry. I believe he rolls something to resist, yeah? Uh, resolve composure. All right. It's one of his good ones working for Alex. It has to... Not great. Hungrier. All you got to beat is a three. Meter beat. That is exactly three. <laughs> okay. He beckons them out, and then in the shadows on the, the veranda, things seem to shift a bit. And he beckons them back. They stop confused. Just as, Sam, <laughs> go ahead and roll me that animalism plus charisma. Wow, I am uh, using willpower to re-roll that. Uh, Three successes. Three successes, all right. You, from your position behind the fence, you can, now in the now-cleared veranda, you can hear one of them say, uh, Sir? He whispers something back, and the orderly gets a little closer. Sir? Are we going or not? It's not me. What? What is that, sir? It's not woof woof woof. The man's in a position. He's trying to explain things and whispering, but the dogs are barking, and there's at least four or five incoming. Oblivious to all of this. 
Tommy leads the man in the man in the fine suit into into the alley. Ah, I uh, I knew she couldn't have gotten far. She never she never quite had the stamina for a long chase. Helena, Helena, where are you? Come on, Helena, is that you back there? No, no, wait. No, that's a raccoon. Damn it. Right behind you. Ah. You always were better at hide and seek. Oh, Helena! And he goes in to hug you. Tommy's just gonna stand by with his hands clasped in his jacket. He's taking a step back and watching to see what happens. You we, I thought you'd lost forever. I thought you'd run away again. I, I thought you'd had an episode. Are you letting? And yet, you? you've yeah, she will. And yet, you found me in Dayton. I understand how it must have looked. I'm, I was only there to humor a friend. It was a bit of a business deal. I've no interest in those awful people who dress up in the robes and pretend that. They, they, they're somewhat better because of the skin color. It's all stupidity and bunk. But there was money on the line. What was I supposed to do? I know how it must have looked. Oh, that just makes it so much better. What? He kind of eases back a bit, puts his hands on your shoulders. Dear heavens, you're feeling cold and in this weather too. Where have you been? father's worried sick. I've been worried sick. And after all, you've been on your own for how long? Without any firm guidance. And you know how you get, Helena. You know you can't handle being on your own. You know you're just not strong enough. You need somebody there to have your back. I'm going to... I'm going to say that she just dropped a willpower from that. It's not natural for a woman to be alone, unchaperoned, especially one prone to... Let, let's face it, you've got a bit of a history, my dear. You know... Oh no, it's it's okay. I've, I've had plenty of good men to look after me. What? Yeah, well, Who? you know... It's my friend here. The detective? Well, yes, but there was a cover story. He's been paid to... He's been paid to look for you, of course. And there was that... About uh, that dread, ghastly-looking body guard you brought along. Uh, Tommy smiles, he says. Uh, I actually ain't a detective. Now, I brought you out here because Helena wanted to barber with you. So, uh... Let her say what she has to say, and then... You'll be on your way. Oh, well, I don't know about that. I mean, you, you came all this way. Do you know who I am? No, you no, it's... With me? No, 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 don't, don't Quiet be Quiet men are talking. Sir, what are you trying to attend? You're going to listen to me now. You? Tommy just stands back. Hello, just give, says, give it a sec. <sighs> Tommy stands back and he says, Look, pal, the broad said she's got something to say, so, uh... You'll listen to her, and we'll deal in a moment. You'll taste my gloves, sir, and it'll be pistols at dawn by the time we're through. And he, he turns us back to you. 
Helena, please. I'm trying to resolve the situation here. <sighs> Look, just come with me. We're long overdue for the wedding. It's... I was... You made a laughing stock of me, but I'll forgive you. You were clearly not in your right mind. That makes me just feel so much better. Well, I'm glad. So, we can depart and there's no need for any more trouble, and that's the end of it, then. No, no, it's... Look. I, I like it in Dayton. I'm glad I'm here, but, uh... Yeah, I, I, I'd, like, I'd like you to be around more. In date this whole Tommy, don't you think that he should be around more? You know, I'm not gonna lie. I thought you know you were gonna say something to him, uh, and then he was gonna take a bunk. But uh, maybe, uh, maybe you know, this city would uh, have some things a guy like him might have. Appreciate, you know. There's only one, and I'm looking at her. There's nothing else in here in this dreary little hole. Come with me, Helena. Tommy, you've got a way of, uh, you have a, a real way with uh, making people more uh, amicable to certain ideas, don't you? Now, now, see here, says Tommy. And he steps forwards, and he's going to rouse the blood again to activate his entrancement again. This time he gets hungrier, goes up to hunger three. And he clears his throat, and he says, Nah, look. Eleanor's Eleanor. right. You see, oh. this city's, uh, this city, it may be small, you know, it may have the small town charm, but there's a lot of things worth checking out, a lot of sights worth seeing here, and... You know what I saw? I happen to be uh, one of the movers and shakers here, one of the uh, people who's best equipped to be a local guide who can show you everything the city's got to offer. You like a drink? I can get you a nice drink. You, As Tommy's you want... talking, yep. uh, Helena is going to just walk up a little bit closer behind Alex. Nice and close. You get nice and close, and that's about the point. The point, there's a yell from out front, and the sudden barking that you've noticed been building in the background breaks as several mutts charge across the mouth of the alley and some sort of chaos seems to ensue. As that happens... Well, he'll... Par paradox... The chaos is good. It scatters the rest of the people who who were still on looking. The older couples who were watching the drama, they uh, yell and start running as the dogs lay into the orderly. As the orderlies pull out truncheons and try to beat them back, they're alarmed and surprised. However, it distracts you long enough. You're in a hair thin wedge with the chauffeur who breaks free and runs into the restaurant, heading straight for the side door. Hell, sorry. Tommy, you're focused on the man. 
All right. So the bad boy one. Your back. You Helena. like to play cards? I got cards for I know a good place you can play cards. Uh, Helena on. is in the process of wrapping her arms around Alex's uh, like body. Helena, you do so. And as you're doing so, you hesitate. Part of you hesitates. This is Alex. I'm sure he is obstinate. I'm sure he's stubborn. And he smells so good right now. <laughs> You can get close enough to hear him to hear his heart beating, but this is Alex. You grew up with him. You used to play in the mud with him. Whenever you could sneak away from Nanny. And right as you're sitting there looking at him and knowing what's to come and knowing maybe that you could find another way through, the, the side door of the restaurant opens up. The chauffeur whips around level his, his luger and then an arm grabs him from behind as Al drags a bowie knife across his throat <laughs> smell yeah. Tommy something warm patters down your back Tommy and the smell of the blood. blood fills the alley fresh blood hot right there and Helena Helena bites down. I'll uh, leave you two lovebirds to be. Alex, so me. <sighs> as he turns around and catches the swooning body of the chauffeur, pulling it close, pulling it, dragging it back through the side entrance, and digging into his meal. Al stops you before you go in. Staff's still here. And points to further down the alley. Tommy reaches into his jacket pocket and he extracts a wad of cash. It takes a few seconds for him to actually hand it to Al because it's stuck to the palm of his hand. And he rips one of the bills in two as he pulls it off. But he just tosses it to Al and he says, Eh, buy him all a drink. Give Night off. Gentlemen, you're taking a fucking holiday and you didn't see nothing you hear through the door as it shuts. <laughs> and Will? And Helena? Helena I, is... I, I love you. So happy now. Says Alex as he hugs you. Leans into you. And what is Helena feeling right now? She's, uh... She's feeling a whole cocktail of emotions. A lot of colors. Red, blue, black. But she's able to keep control. And she's going to sate maybe through hunger. And then she's going to remove her teeth and close the wound and just sit there with Alex for a moment. He groans in soft disappointment as your fangs leave his throat. Slumps into you. I could feel it. without you. It was... good. I think it was indecent. <laughs> uh, but I don't mind. We can be indecent. Will you marry me? 
No, Alex. No. And he starts crying into your shoulder. But you don't have to leave me. No. Okay. And uh, then Helena is going to, uh, with her tooth, just tear a little hole in her in her wrist and bring it to Alex's mouth. He kisses your wrist, trying for elegance. Then his grip tightens and elegance flees as he starts lapping. Hungrily. Voraciously. Some of, some of the color that had fled from his cheeks comes back. Browse for that. And she gets hungry, yeah. so it's back and forth a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Sharing. He's a hungry god. <laughs> and he slumps down there in that filthy alley. Actually, he doesn't go completely down. He actually has a use for the cane now. <laughs> As he leans heavily on. I. Oh my. He glances back at the door, sees you're alone there as Tommy, as there's slurping sounds coming through, as Tommy's finishing his own repast. He's not one, not after all. <laughs> you didn't, and you didn't kill the guy, Tommy. No, that's not on you. <laughs> West not want not. As you're finishing up, Al looks over at you. So, uh... Right now it looks like, uh... The dogs have them cornered in the truck, but that's probably not gonna last, and somebody's gonna be coming sooner or later. You might want to get them out of here. Yeah. Let's go. Alright. On the way... On the way out, as everyone's leaving, Tommy's just going to pass straight through the side entrance. And he's going to stop in front of the owner of the establishment. And with his awe still activated, he's going to just reach into his pocket and after struggling for a few seconds, extract a piece of cardboard with a phone number on it. And he's just going to press it into the hands of the owner and say, I'm expecting a call. We can get some decor up in this place, uh, expand your menu, and uh, we'll get you on the map. Tommy Hinton will take care of it. You find the owner in the back room with the rest of his staff. They appear to be praying. Just as well. And Tommy... he takes the card silently, nods at you. Just remember, brain's all good, but you gotta be praying to the right God. Just remember, you give me a call, Tommy Hinton will make this all go away and put you back in the Lord's good graces. And then he turns and leaves, following, rejoining the others. And the four, and the five of you head off into the night. Well, six. As Al follows behind. One of them walking a little in shake. A little 
shakily leaning heavily on Helen. His bravado and former self-assurance crumbled. Hmm. But clutching her like a kid with a teddy bear. It's almost cute. Okay, look, says Tommy, turning towards Helena and Alex. I just want you to know, look, I did this for you. I helped you out tonight. I ain't, I ain't expecting anything. I ain't expecting a, you know, see under your clothes or get sideways in the sheets or nothing like that. I just wanted you to know that I did it because I'm serious what I said about turning over a new chapter. I'm trying to do what my sire wouldn't do. And we've been through a lot together. And you know what? I think you're the bee's knees. And I do things for people I care about. Tommy, I... No, I, I, I really appreciate it. You, you've done a good thing tonight, Tommy. He's not going to be hurting anyone ever again. And then, you know, I feel it, too. I feel that, you know, they say when you do something good, you feel the warm, fuzzy feel. And I thought that was... No. No, I think that just might be heartburn from the guy's blood. But, ah, you know. <laughs> I, uh... Yeah, feels good. And with this... Helena has not only gained a cool... She has gained a new touchstone and a conviction to go with it. Now, stronger than her old belief, first in her arm, she believes never to let people harm again. Mm. You get one chance. Ooh. You get one chance. And as you right away from there. Helena and her fancy car. Well, it's Alex's, but really now, come on. And the others and the tin Lizzie. Behind you, Helena, you hear Al grunt, and his hand heavily hits the seat. <sighs> fuck. Fuck, 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 fuck. Whoa. Whoa, you okay? No, this ain't Right, she said we had a she said we had two and we're on one she she did three, we should be on two Ow Al looks up at you Eyes harried Oh I don't feel Morgan no more Yeah, I should have warned you about Bonds this. broke No, it's okay. He says, reaching out to pat your arm, oblivious to Alex's glare. It's all right. Don't beat yourself up, okay? It ain't your fault. And just so you know, it ain't my fault either. I don't get it, though. Num you, you sussed out numbers was doing a countdown. Tonight should be two. Yeah, that's, um, that's kind of what I was thinking. Should I have more time? Fuck him, he was an asshole and an abuser. Oh, fucking shit. Put me through. I, w I spent days bedridden because he could control himself. Went to bed hungry. Hey, drank for me. 
Jesus, the amount of money I poured into that asshole. The hell was I thinking? Hey, it's okay now. We can't hurt you anymore. All the same, I'd like to find this grave so I can fucking piss on it. <laughs> that, that we can arrange. And I'd like to find his horse so I can kill it. No, actually, it'll probably be dust. Never mind, we're good. <sighs> I think I like you, Al. <laughs> and I would question your judgment, but okay, fine. You're more you wouldn't be the first. Nah. You're right by me. He says, cleaning the knife and stowing it back in its sheath. But the night ain't over yet, and there's a lot to do, yeah? Whole lot. Well, let's... And so you drive off, figuring out where to go. And that's where we'll wrap for now. <laughs>